Are you ready to be set free? Yes. Turn to say, ask them if you're ready. ready. Are you ready? The goal of this series is that we want to seek truth, so we take action. We need to know the truth. We need to hear the truth. We need to understand the truth about what's happening in the world around us, but today about what's happening in us. So we can take action. Uh, we're on this spiritual journey to hear what God is saying. So Hebrews 3.12, pull out your notes. You can follow along with me. If you're online, you go to foundgrace.com. Get those notes, follow along. It's the best way to watch us online. Hebrews 3.12 says, be careful. Brothers and sisters, make sure that your own hearts are not evil and unbelieving. Because that's turning you away from the living God. There are things that distract and are turning you away from the living God. Ezekiel eleven nineteen, And I will give them signalness of heart and put a new spirit within them. I will take away their stony, stubborn hearts. I will give them a tender, responsive heart. Where is your heart? So God's giving us signs, and, I'm, and we're briefly kind of talking about them. But the reason we're taking them is not to be in, in controversy or anything else. It's to say, do you see that? And is God giving you some understanding? Because God wants to give you understanding, all right? To tell you what to do. Uh, the UN. They did an interesting thing this year. They went and built this statue and put it in the front plaza of the visitor plaza of the UN. The idea is to symbolize peace and that they are our guardian. It's kind of like what we did during 9-11 when we went to the Bible, we picked something out of it saying, if it's in the Bible, it's good. Well, it is. But sometimes there's a curse being read. That's not good. And instead of pronouncing a good thing over us, we pronounced a curse. Well, the UN did the same thing. Taking this from the Bible, putting it in and saying, well, it's from the Bible, it'll represent this. It represents the opposite of peace and a guardian. It represents the beast of the Antichrist. And in uh, Daniel 7 and Revelation 13, it says, Who will give a false peace and a power to make war with the saints and all nations? That's now at their gate. My question is, do you see what's going on with all the signs that we're talking about every week? Do you desire to understand the truth? To know what God would say, or you want to be stuck? Then there's virtual reality. A lot of us may think, hey, this is cool. It's a new game. It's what's going on. Uh, it's AR. It's, it's computer-generated reality. Uh, it, you can be a little bit immersed. You can be fully immersed. Different ways. You can get go to this mirror world where you're at. We don't even understand the effects of the phone, our cell phones. What it's doing to our kids, what it's doing to a generation, how TikTok and all the different things are controlling our kids and have more influence on our kids than we do anymore. Isolation, addiction to games, number three in, in divorce and marriage. And now we're going to create an alternate reality where everyone can go and live. They don't have to face the fears, don't have to face their insecurities, don't have to grow, don't have to expand. They can just kind of make their own world based on these laws in ourselves. Transhumanism. You know what transhumanism is? It's just a cooler gender. Think about it. Our whole thoughts are that 
We can be made in our own image. We can do what we want. We just decide, I'm going to do it. I'm a Lego person. I just put in different pieces. That's all I got to do here. It makes it so easy to make the shift to transhuman. And if you go back to the times of Noah, what do we find? That they're intermarrying with evil spirits. They created a whole race that was a form of transhuman, and as in the days of Oa, so it shall be again. Do you understand what this means to be made in your image, not God's image? God says, I made you a body. I made you a soul, thoughts, beliefs, and the spirit I deposited in you. You're three parts. And now you're taken away and say, no, I'm not a spirit. I'm going to do what I want and make my body the way I want. Do you understand what that means? Schools. There's a big debate about whose kids they are. Do they belong to me, my kids, or, or the school's kid? Who's in charge? You know, if you look at what's even happening in the schools, it's just amazing. In Baltimore, uh, they've done a, a study in one of the schools. Here's where they've taken away all the laws and rules and everything else. Currently, 77% of the high schools tested, tested at an elementary reading level. 77%. Of the 23%, only 1.9%, that's not, not quite two, read at the grade level. Even read at a high school level. Oh, what's the shutdown? No, that may be for the last year or two. That doesn't make up for all the other years. And the majority of these students are reading at a second grade level, a first grade level, and a kindergarten level. What is our future? But they're, they're, our kids are their kids. And to solve this, they fixed the whole problem. Don't worry about it. No one's failing this year or next year. We're just taking away failing. We're just going to move them through. That's all we need to do. What do your leaders care about? Whose child is it? You know what they care about? They care about the money. Because they get money, regardless of what you say, they don't care about what you say. So you know what you need to do? You need to take away their money. And so in the back, we got school uh, choice petitions. You can sign up. And basically what happens to each family, the tax money that goes to the school goes to you personally. And you get to direct where it goes to the school and which kid you want it. You can put it in charter, private, get over $1,400 a month. You can save it up for college. There's all types of things you can do. We're trying to get it put on the ballot this November. Go back there and sign, all right? And even take one home with you and get your neighbors to sign, all right? Take the money away, and they'll care about what we have to say. Well, Terry's got some other things. We've got some truckers tr tr creating a convoy and things going on. What do you got, Terry? <laughs> well... I wanted to, um, before I really get into the meat, I, I wanted to share really how I have processed and what God has really directed me to do from the very beginning of this. And the reason why I want to share it is that how we are dealing with or have dealt with all of this stuff that's been going on is often how we deal with the stuff that's going on inside of here. So... When all this started about two years ago, I 
felt very strongly the Holy Spirit um, in just, in my spirit, something isn't right. Now, two years ago, we were just told, go into your houses, lock the doors, and don't come out for two weeks, and then three weeks, and then four weeks, you know, and it kept, just kept going, kept going. And so, we, no truth, nothing was coming out at that point, but in my spirit, I felt like something isn't right. I don't know what it is, but it is something isn't right. We're not being told the right things. And so I just leaned into prayer, and then I felt the Lord tell me that I needed to just take all mainstream TV out of my life. So two years ago, um, I did that. I haven't watched anything on mainstream um, TV in two years. And so... Then um, I really felt impressed to dig in. Where do I get information? And so I looked for uh, conservative news things that were friend. They weren't, you know, you couldn't find them. Like I had to go to YouTube and look up Owen News <laughs> and, you know, kind of get bits and pieces there. And bits and pieces there took me to, I think I'm going to dig a little deeper. Now, <clears throat> doing all that is a little uncomfortable, isn't it? It's like, ah, what's going on? This is scary. What's happening in our world? I, there's, I have no control over it. It all seems hopeless and helpless. And so when we dig deeper, those are the kind of emotions and feelings and things that come up. And we want to have the tendency of putting our hands over our ears and going, la, 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 la. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. It's too hard. It's too comfortable. And truth spurs us to action. And maybe we don't like what that at, where that action um, takes us. And so um, an, an example is um, something just very recent. There are today 100,000. I, I just want you to let that number seek in. 100,000 truckers are in Canada lined up to say, this is not okay. What you are doing to us is not okay. 100 truckers, 10,000 people are in front of that, their capital. Peaceful protest. This is not okay. We want our freedoms back. Now here in the U.S. of A, where we should have a right to our voice, where it should be a place where truth, we can, everything, information is out there and we can decide what is true and what is not. Our country has been forbidden, forbidden to um, put anything on news or TV about the truckers. You can't go to a regular news station and see that there are 100,000 truckers. You have to dig for that truth. Do you know why? Because our government says it's misinformation. It's just a little fringe group. And they are crazy people. And we don't want to listen to them. And so our country, it is forbidden to know that information. Hmm. Hmm. Something is wrong. Something is not right. And, and so, again, we have to respond to it. I just heard this yesterday. And again, you cannot, you have to dig for this because the minute it goes up on social media, it's torn back down. There is a group of 17,000 doctors 
that have band together. And one of those doctors is a world-renowned um, heart specialist. He's world-renowned until today. And now he's a crazy person. He was world-renowned. And now because he's speaking out, he's a crazy person. 17,000 doctors have band together and said, what's happening is not right. What we've been forced to do is not right. I heard a couple speeches and one doctor said, stand up, people. Start standing up. And yet, what are we doing? Are we sitting at home with our hands over our ears? La, 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 la. I don't want to know. I, wanna, I don't want to know. So this is what really disturbed me about the trucker thing is I was watching a video of it. And if you haven't, if you can go dig it up and find it, the videos are, I mean, I wept. They're unbelievable. So I, I watched the video, and I wanted to see what the comments were. And so uh, I'm looking down, and there were certainly lots and lots of go, go, yay, yay, we're for you, you know, all of that. But there was one comment that really stuck out to me. And the comment was this. You people need to go home and get into your houses and do what you're told so that all of this will go back, we will go back to normal. Now, let me tell you what's interesting is a day after I read that, I was in a store, and I don't know if it was Channel 4, Channel 11 News was playing in the background, and the news person got up and said that exact same thing. If all of you people would just do what you're told, we could all go back to normal. Truth or lie? We have a choice. Or do we put our hands over our ears and say, la, 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 la. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. So um, here, this is why I shared all of that. Is um, there is a spiritual reality and a world reality. But it's up to you to discover that. It's up to you to discover that spiritual reality. I've had several conversations just over the course of time with people and just sharing views and sharing frustrations and just sharing discovery. And I've, I've had it happen so many times where people have said, stop, stop, stop. I don't want to talk about it anymore. I don't want to know anything. This is too upsetting. I don't know who to believe. I don't know what's right and what's wrong. How do we know what's right and wrong? How do we know what's truth and a lie? We go to the Holy Spirit and he shows us. But are we asking? Are we even asking? Or are we in our house going, I'm just going to do what I'm told and I'm going to shut up and maybe it'll all go away? It's two years we're into it and it's not gone away. It's time to, it is time to stand up and have a voice. But you got to know what your voice is. And the Holy Spirit is who shows you and directs you and tells you that. So we do the exact same things with our life. Um, we, I, I believe that we are um, called to deeper waters, but most of us are in the shallow end. We're in the shallow end. And, and so we have these things that are in our life that are in the shallow end, and God is saying, I want you to go deeper inside and fetter that stuff out. 
because I have something for you to do. But we don't do that. We are afraid to do that. We're just like what's happening in the world. We don't want to hear it. It's too painful. We think that it is too hard. At the beginning of January, I, I, I said to all of you, I said, I feel like in my spirit, God's calling us to um, prepare. Prepare. So what does that look like? And why are we needing to prepare? Well, what it looks like is, is you know, I just want to stop right here and pray before I continue on. Holy Spirit, I just ask that you come and be the revealer of truth to us as we continue on in this message. I speak to principalities of darkness that would want to deceive and to lie. And we command those spirits to go right now in the name of Jesus. Go. Holy Spirit, you come. Be the revealer of truth in us. And I know, Holy Spirit, you come in such a gentle, beautiful, soft, grace-filled way. And I pray um, that as we begin to dig a little deeper here, that you would do that. We give you permission to do that. In Jesus' name, amen. So in January, I said I feel like that we're to prepare And so I want to challenge you today to move from the shallow end to the deep end. And so um, we sometimes can enter into our life in a place of denial. We have things in our life that are called, um, they're called bitter fruits in Scripture. And you can find that in Luke 6. I'm not going to read it here because we don't have time. But you can go and read that and look at that later. But we have these bitter fruits that are in our life. And they look like maybe anger, bursts of anger. And you think, why did I have that reaction? That wasn't as big as I made it. Why did I respond that way? It shows up like that. It shows up in jealousy. It shows up in dysfunctional ways that we deal with people. It, it shows up in habits and addictions. And because you think that you're protecting yourself from pain, you don't realize where the bitter fruit is coming from. You, you, we have structures. We build these structures of safety within us. They're den- it's denial, but it's a safety structure. And so we have all this stuff that's under that structure, and we think, it's okay. I'm good. I'm good. And, and you know, we, 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 we think that we can go through life like that, and it's not a big deal. But the, the issue is that other people are being affected by your bitter fruit. You're hurting other people around you by your bitter fruit. And and that is where the problem lies. And that is also where our preparing comes in. We have to prepare. We have to get rid of the, the stuff that is damaging other people around us. If you haven't been loved well, 
then likely you have unrealistic expectations of the people around you. And they can never do enough to satisfy. If you've been told that you're worthless and you can't do anything right, that shows up in how you live your life, how you attain your goals. You don't walk into the fullness of what God created you because you don't think you're good enough. If you were told you, can, you can't do anything right, do it again, do it again, do it again until you get it right. And we think, I can't do anything right. And we begin to judge others and tell them they can't do anything right. Oftentimes, that's where it ends up, is in a judgment. You can't do it right. You do it again, and it becomes in another generation. So, um, I want to look at another scripture in Isaiah chapter 1. And I'm reading it out of the message because it's really strong. Um, it says this, and it's verses 5 through 9. Why bother even trying to do anything with you, God says, when you keep your bull-headed ways? Now, this is what we do. When, a, when there's an inkling of, this is not a good behavior, and I need to do something kind of about this, and we start to investigate a little bit, we go, oh, no, 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 that's too painful. Uh, I'm going to hide that. Like, I'm going to stick that down a little bit deeper. I don't want to deal with that. That hurts. I don't want to bring those memories up. That's painful. I don't want to deal with it. It's too hard. I hear that so much, those words. It's too hard. We are bullheaded. No, I am not going to deal with it. I am not going to take care of it. We are bullheaded, stubborn. The next, it goes on to say, you keep beating your heads against a brick wall, and everything within you protests against you. Have you felt that? Like, I keep, I just keep trying, and it's like I'm beating my head against a brick wall. There's something within inside you that says, this isn't right. How I'm behaving isn't right. These responses are not right. And there's turmoil inside you, and you keep trying to change it, and nothing changes. It's like beating your head against the wall. I, and you would say, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying, and it's not working out. Nothing is happening. I keep failing at it. From the bottom of your feet to the top of your head, nothing is working out right. Wounds and bruises and running sores, unattended, unwashed, and unbandaged. That's what it looks like inside. It's sores. It's wounds. It's bruises. And when we don't deal with them, they continue to fester. They don't heal up. They, they just fester. They're unattended, and that's ugly and nasty when a wound is unattended. And that nastiness and that ugliness of those unattended wounds come out in bitter fruit. Comes out in bitter fruit. So it is so important. That's what God wants us to do, to come out of the shallow waters, go into deeper waters, and discover what the bitter roots are. 
there are roots that are causing, there are bitter roots that are causing the bitter fruits. And so we have to be able to come to that place and say, God, reveal. Holy Spirit, reveal. I'm okay with that. Reveal. Uncover. Tear down and break down the structures that I have built up. Tear them down and reveal what those fruits are. What you discover under there are two things, judgments and unforgiveness. We have judgments for the people that have wounded us. Have you thought, you know, you don't know. You don't know what they did to me. You don't know what I went through. You don't know what happened to me. What, what does that even sound like? Do you hear the anger? Those are ju- we're judging. And the scripture says, even though that's true, even though that's true, those things happen to you. When you take on a judgment, the scripture says it will come back to you and you will be judged. You will be judged. And so judging them continues to hurt you. And so we have to get rid of that. We have to repent of the judgments. God, I am so sorry that I judged that person, even though they hurt me, but I've been judging them. And I am so sorry I repent for that. And the next thing is unforgiveness. We don't want to forgive those people. We don't want to forgive how they treated us and what they did to us. But unforgiveness is the basis for everything in our Christian walk. And when we do not walk in forgiveness, we do not move forward at all. We don't receive God's blessing. We don't receive his promises. It, it stops and hinders our prayers when we have unforgiveness. It is a base of our Christian walk. And we have to be able to look at those people that did those things and say, I forgive. I forgive. And so... Um, uh, we, we go into those deep waters for that. That's what happens in those deep waters. And so why? Why? Why can't I want to just live in denial? I don't want to deal with that. It's too hard. Well, Hebrews chapter 12, verses 14 and 15 tells us, See to it that no bitter root springs up in you, causing trouble and defiling others. So we kind of already talked about that, that that stuff comes out, it hurts others. Now, if God is preparing us for something, I know that I've shared this a few times, but I'm just going to say it again. Something's coming. Something's coming. It's scriptural. We are living in in those days when God's glory is going to pour out. And we're already seeing trickles of it in places. But it is going to pour out. And the scripture tells us it will be an outpouring like none other. There have been outpourings through the decades, here and there, in little spots, like hot fires. But this time, it's going to be over the whole world, an outpouring through the whole world. And so people are going to fall on their knees and repent and come to know Jesus. There's a harvest as a result of that. And so I'm going to ask you, When the harvest comes, are they coming to a healthy church or a sick church? If they're coming to a sick church, all of those bitter 
fruits are going to what? Seep out all over the harvest, damaging and hurting, causing disillusionment to people. And so our preparing is to be a healthy people, a healthy church. So when the harvest comes, we are going to be able to love. We are going to be able to support. We're going to be able to disciple. We're going to be able to bring people to the Lord. So um, I, I can hear it. I can hear the screaming. No, 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 with your hands over your ears. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. It's too hard. So I'm gonna, I want to give you a little story um, that I think will help. So there is now, Randy alluded to it um, at the beginning, there, now you can play virtual video games. You can go, you can put on these big glasses, and you are transported into a virtual reality. And so if you've ever watched a video of someone playing, or maybe your, your kids or grandkids or whatever, um, I know Nancy and Steve had their TV um, <laughs> punched out and broken because one of their grandkids had those glasses on and someone was punching them. And so their instinct was to punch back and there went the TV. And so you're in this reality world. And if you've watched the videos, like people are swinging and punching like there's probably a swarm of bees flying by and they're like, ah, like they, you feel like that's your reality. You feel like that's your reality, that, that, you know, that guy's going to really punch you in the face or those bees are going to come swarm around. You feel like that's exactly what's happening. So they did this little study, and they put those virtual glasses on people, and they put them in a virtual world, and they took them to a cliff, and they said, jump. Now, these people in reality are standing on a carpet in a room with big old fat glasses on. There's no cliff. But they feel like they're at the edge of a cliff. They could not get anybody to jump. Nobody would jump. No, 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 no. Nobody would jump. And it is the same principle for us. We often live in a virtual reality. We think it's too hard. We think that it's going to hurt. We think that it's going to be too much. That's the virtual, but it's not the reality. The reality is when we are willing to dig deep and deal with those bitter roots, when we're, we're willing to do that, we're willing to tackle the fruits of that, what happens is a weight that you have carried probably your whole life lifts off of you, and you feel free. You feel lighter. What happens is, is joy overwhelms you. You feel joy. You haven't felt in, in forever, and suddenly you, you feel joy. So you start to think different. You start to respond to things different. You start to act different. And the best thing that happens is your spiritual giftings come alive. They just, you might have been functioning a little bit in spiritual giftings, but when you deal with all that stuff, your spiritual giftings explode. They just explode. And so that is the amazing thing about letting God restore and heal is suddenly you are walking in all of that awesomeness.
goodness. And you are ready for the harvest of people. You're ready for the people that God wants you to speak into, pour into, use your giftings to minister to, to speak into. And God, we need to understand this. God is gracious. He is loving. He is kind. He is full of mercy. He doesn't beat us up. He doesn't say, you're bad, you're bad, you're bad. You did these things or you feel this way or you've ruined your life or you've lived your life and, and wasted it away. He doesn't beat you up. He just says, come, because I have these beautiful gifts I want to give to you. Come, I want to heal those broken places. I want to uproot those bitter roots. I want to make you whole. I want to bind up those wounds and make you whole. It's a beautiful gift that he wants to give you because he loves you. He loves you immeasurably. That's why he died for you. So that you can be washed by the blood of the Lamb. Randy? God, he tells us he loves us. And he gives us signs. He says, seek the truth and I'll give you a sign. We see signs around the world. We see from the Bible and the, and the, the world signs that he's active. He's got a plan. He's involved. And then he reveals to us truth so we can take action. So we can rise up and we can take action. And Terry says, we do the same thing ourselves. There are signs in the fear, in the anger, in, in our moods, in, in the way we respond. There are signs that shows there are other stuff going on. And so it's up to us to go deeper. So in going deeper, we must move out of the shallow, go into deep water, because we need to embrace truth. We need to embrace understanding, no matter how uncertain or how scary or, or hard it may seem to be. So we need a plan. And I'm going to lay out that plan. And it's to apply the cross. How do you apply the cross to your life? Well, the very first thing is be ready. Turn to somebody and say, be ready. Shake them. Be ready. All right? You need to be ready. Well, what does that mean? Well, it means our sinful practices, the stuff you and I do, you know what it is, Shows where your heart is. It's a test. It's a reveal. It's coming back. Your heart is here. You don't believe. You won't apply the cross to this area. No matter how you want to trip it up like that, you're not believing. You don't trust. There's something there. There's a problem. So you need to figure out what that is. You need a revealing. You need to hear God. You need Jesus to apply what he did at the cross to your life. Here's, the, here's what's so important. We think we can do it all alone. I can do this. I can, I can do this. I don't need anyone else. I don't want them to know my stuff. I can do that. I had a teacher that used to have a response to these questions when you, you give an, an answer, and then he respond. He would go, wrong, just so you know. Wrong! If you think you can do it on your own. Wrong! If you think, you know, if you, if I just need to understand more what's going on, and if I, if I can understand a little bit more about my feelings and all like that, if I understand, then I'll be able to fix it. Wrong! 
the third wrong, you throw an eraser at you. So, I mean, I'm just letting you know. I mean, wrong. This is not something good that got broken. This is not something that you can fix. You need to apply the cross. And anything that you're doing outside of that is wrong. It's not going to help you. You're not ready. When you're ready to apply the cross, when you understand these things, you get ready. So we need to get ready. The second thing to our plan is once you get yourself ready, you realize I can't do this. I need to, I got to do something. I got to move beyond this. You need to die daily. Every morning when you wake up, you need to die. And here's the good news. Jesus wants you to die. What are you talking about, Randy? That old you, that old nature, that old way of thinking, how you used to do it, that needs to die. I made you new. Well, it's just so part of me. It's part of my experiences. It's what I do. No, it needs to die. Well, I don't think I like it. Yeah, that stubbornness of yours needs to die too. You need to die. You need to apply the cross. You need to understand, 45 times you, I need to die daily is mentioned. You find that in 1 Corinthians 15, 31. I, I face death daily. I die daily. This, my dying daily is certain is how that God is working in you. And you need to understand it. You're not to throw yourself away. You're not to cast yourself up and say, I'm just no good. I'm just no value. That, that's not humility. That's not anything. You're not to replace yourself. You're to learn to hate sin. That's dying. You hate sin. Like, let me give you an example between loving sometimes, being caring and understanding, and just really hating. All right? Your mom. You love your mom. Okay? Mom calls and says, son, daughter, you need to call me more. You're right. I love you. I'm going to put it on my to-do list. I'm, I'm going to get to it. You can, yeah, yeah, I'm going to do it. Okay? The next day she calls, she says, son, the neighbor just cussed me out and flattened my tire. Mom, before you hang up this phone, I'm going to be there. <laughs> and now I'm going to give a just anger to this situation. When you hate evil, when you hate what is wrong, you respond. I was trying so hard to figure out how am I going to get you to understand this? And so I just prayed, Holy Spirit, you're going to have to show me an illustration. You're going to have to do something. And about two nights ago, I just began to sob and began to cry. I'm in a, I'm, it's the middle of the night and I am crying so hard I'm waking myself up. And what was going on is God was giving me a dream and I was weeping. I could see families. That alcohol and drugs in their life. The divorce, the anger of the kids, the generational things going up, the abuse that was caused, the isolation that was caused, the loneliness, the frustration, the anger. I could see this going on in a family environment. And it just began to weep and I began to touch. Then I saw people watching porn on their 
phones and different things. And then God took me to the women that are being abused and forced and the trauma that was happening into her life. And I was just having a hard time with it. And then I began to see people with sicknesses, real issues, things that are incredible. And God began to remind me, I made everything well. I made everything perfect. But sin was mutated by Satan to begin to affect our bodies, begin to change things. And this sickness is a result of sin. God, I hate you for this sickness. No, sin, I hate you for this sickness. Devil, I hate you for what you've thrown at me. And I began to weep. I saw people stuck. Doing the same things over and over again. In their life. And they're angry and they're frustrated and overwhelmed. And they're just not happy and they're depressed. And, and they're afraid and they're fearful and they're jealous. And they're insecure and they're feeling shame. They're stuck. They've been stuck there for years. And when Jesus comes, they're pushing him away. They're pushing him away. And I was just in tears. And it woke me up. That's how you hate sin. You don't think it's something you can fix. You don't think it's something that you can take care of. You know it will take you out. And you need to take and go to the cross. And God, Jesus, you need to apply the cross. What you did has to be. I can't figure this out. I don't know what to do. You need to do it because you've already conquered it. On the back of your notes. You need to then slay. You need to slay. Has anyone ever seen the old Albert, uh, Alfred Hitchcock movie? And it's in the hotel. Bates is there. And he comes out of the shower. He's got the knife. You need to slay your sin if you're going to be transformed. Oh, pride, I hate you. And two minutes later, three minutes later, you need to get aggressive. You get so angry, you get so frustrated. You hate having to kill it every five minutes because it's so deep in you. You need to slay it. You need to come against you. You need to apply the blood, apply the cross. Say, I am a new creation. I think differently. Whatever revealed to me, show me. I need this to be removed from me. Only you can do this. My system's my way. I'm protecting myself because I really want this in my life. It's, it's terrible, but it makes me feel good. I need to hate it. I need to slay it so I can be transformed. Colossians 3, 5 through 10. So put to death the sinful, earthly things lurking within you. You used to do these things. Your life was still a part of this world. Don't lie to each other. Don't lie to yourself. For you have stripped off your old sinful nature. The word God says this. And all its wicked deeds. You have taken off these old clothes. And you put on new ones. A new nature. Now you know your creator. Become like him. It's not like, okay, now you have this big to-do list. It's like, as you put this on, you become like him. As you take off this jacket and put on his jacket, you become like him. 
understand that. You must remember to be transformed. You must remember that he wants to do a great thing. So you slay this. You let Christ rise in you. You let him do inner healing in you. You, you call Terry and say, I need to do some inner healing. You need to work through this. This isn't a counseling session. This is just someone guiding you, directing you, saying, do you know the oaths? Do you know the curses? Do you know the vows? The things that you put into your life, the systems that you have in your life. Do you want to keep living here? Do you want to be different? Do you want to be transformed? When are you ready? Colossians 3.1, as the worship team comes. Since you've been raised to and in life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven. This reality you keep seeing, you keep thinking is reality, is not. Heaven is reality. Where Christ sits in a place of honor at God's right hand. If you go to Ephesians, you find out he raises you up and sits you there with him. You're in the third heavens looking down on your situation. You're not stuck in your problem looking up saying, oh God, I just hope you see me. I hope you care. He says, no, I put you in a place of authority. Now start decreeing, start declaring, become who I've made you to become. You must remember these things so that you can be transformed, you can be empowered. Here's the simple thought that you need to, Lazarus died. Jesus raised him back to life. All right? But he was still in his grave clothes. The grave clothes that are wrapped around him had to be taken off. Your mind has to be renewed. You've got to sanctify yourself. You are new. God's power is there. Slowly, bit by bit, he's going to rip that off of you. As you're in growth groups, you want to know he's going to help rip that off of you. As you trust in him, he's going to rip that off of you. And you're going to walk in the life that he's created you to have. Oh, no, you don't understand. This is just who I am. No, you're new. This is how I am. It's, I've always been this way. No, that's how you used to be. You don't understand. No, you don't understand. The Word of God is truth and reality. Second Corinthians 12, 9. Each time he said, and Paul's talking, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weakness. Because Jesus told me his power works in my weakness. So that the power of Christ may work through me. All these things I'm doing have nothing to do with me. Have everything. The fact that Christ is now working in me and through me. You need to apply the cross. We're going to take communion. And you need to apply the cross. We need to be ready. If you keep arguing with yourself saying you can get this, you can handle this. Tell yourself, wrong. I need Christ. I need the cross. You need to die right now and tomorrow and the next day. Each day waking up saying, this is going to die about me. You need to slay it. Apply the blood. Decree. Be in prayer. You need to be transformed as you apply the cross to your life and receive Receive what he's done for you. Receive what you begin to understand and walk in what he's made you to be. You need to apply the cross. As they come and begin to serve communion, I want you to take this.
I'm asking Terry to come and walk you through the first prayer. Would you take your cup and turn it upside down on the bottom? That's where the, the bread is and tear that off and take the bread. But I want you to listen to this prayer. I want you to pray this prayer. I want you to apply the cross to your life. I'm just going to ask you first just to close your eyes. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would come right now and be revealer. Reveal the things in us that are seeping out and harming ourselves and harming others. Reveal to us those bitter fruits and the bitter roots in which they come from. Just, I pray you would come and be revealer right now. Just, oh, Holy Spirit, in your gentle, loving way, we give you permission to take us from shallow waters to deep, unveil, dig out and reveal. So as Randy has said, Colossians tells us to put to death whatever belongs to your earthly nature. So we're going to put it to death right now. So I'm going to ask you just to lift up your hands. Father, right now we put to death at the cross the patterns in our lives that cause hurt to ourselves and to others. Anger, jealousy, lust, slander, wrong expectations, judgments, unforgiveness. Whatever that is, you just say that. I am putting it to death at the cross today. Right now. And I want you to repeat after me. Forgive me for my sinful responses to what others have done to me. I call this root of bitterness to death by the power of your cross. And Lord, I ask you right now to reverse old patterns and build in me a new way of acting, a new way of responding, a new way of thinking, a new way of believing. Now, Lord, Restore me to the person you created me to be. Yes, Jesus. Father God, your word says your grace is sufficient. And we ask you right now that you would wash over each one with your love and your grace. I ask that you'd wash over by the power of your blood. That you would begin to take those wounds and you would mend them. And you would make them whole and make us whole again by the power of the blood of the cross. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now take the bread. I want you to hold the bread. I want you to look at the bread. This represents Christ's body. Now you, when you get to take this bread, you are receiving. Understand what you're receiving. I'm receiving forgiveness. I'm receiving his power. I'm receiving his love. I'm receiving his word. I'm receiving truth. I'm receiving understanding. 
it's been done. I'm applying what the cross has done. It was done already. I'm receiving that now. Take the bread and eat. As you flip the cup over and you tear off the top for the juice, his blood, which is represented by the juice, is a covenant partnership with you. It releases healing in your body. It releases healing in relationship. It releases the presence of God into. It is something spiritual that is happening now. It is not something symbolic that we remember about. It is what he is doing in and through you now. Take the juice. Lord God, your blood does all the work. Now you may drink it. 